Hello Gayatri, welcome to Zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. I'm sure your journey would be very inspiring and will be inspiring a lot of people who are going through the same thing. So could you please start sharing your journey with us? Thank you, Nimisha, for uh, calling me and giving me this uh, opportunity for sharing my journey with uh, so many of you. And uh, yeah, my journey, actually, I was diagnosed with a kind of blood cancer uh, in uh, November 2001. So this has been a long journey for me, actually. Uh, life was going great. I'm a pediatrician by profession. And at that time, I would say in November 2001, I had, uh, everything was going good. I was feeling quite comfortable. I was working and husband was in the Air Force and my, I had two daughters. They were five and seven year old. And uh, little did I imagine that, you know, uh, my life was just going to turn topsy-turvy in a short while. But yeah, uh, uh, it started with like some pain in my left leg, uh, just below the knee. And uh, mm -hmm. soon, I mean, within a week, the pain became so much that I had to walk with the help of a stick. Oh. So, uh, then what we got What was your age stick. at that time? I was 34. Yeah. Okay. I was 34 years. And uh, so being a doctor, sometimes, you know, you tend to, I used to think, I thought that maybe this is some kind of an arthritis or something. This is some kind of an arthritis or something. So, just... Yeah, sure. So I said that let me uh, sort of uh, just take, take some painkillers and see if it subsides. But it did not, and it became so bad within a week that I had needed a stick. So then I got an x ray and all that. Suddenly mm -hmm. got all investigations uh, done, whatever I needed for that. So in the x ray, the doctor who saw the x ray saw something which he did not like. He said, I think there's a tumor. Then thereafter, uh, I was referred to the specialists and uh, mm -hmm. it was a, so it was like a whirlwind thereafter because test after test. So initially they thought it was a bone tumor. So they said, we'll operate on it. Okay. And uh, uh, I was operated immediately within a, a week or 10 days of diagnosis only. I was operated on the tumor. Okay. And once the tumor, they had removed the tumor, they realized that it is not the, it's not a bone tumor, but it is a kind of a blood cancer. Oh, so yeah, and uh, but what we had done that time, the surgery resulted in a non-union because uh, my leg did not join thereafter. The fracture no, it did not join, so it was a uh, uh, it stayed broken for quite some time. My leg and I was uh, walking around uh, after six months. I was on bed most of the time. I had they had started me on chemotherapy and all, <laughs> and after that, uh, after the chemotherapy, also. I had not improved at all, so they said no, we need to do a bone marrow transplant. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. So, bone marrow transplant is a kind of uh, treatment uh, option for uh, patients with uh, kind of blood cancer blood that I had. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was called as multiple myeloma, the okay. kind of blood cancer that I had. So, uh, uh, I went through a, a bone marrow transplant which is a now there are two types of bone marrow transplants uh, one is an autologous wherein your own cells are taken uh, collected prior to the transplant and then they are re-injected back into you okay that is these are the stem cells that means the bone marrow cells cells from your bone marrow are taken and uh, then they are given back 
similarly uh, there is another kind of transplant called as allogenic transplant wherein some other donor gives you the cells donor cells are given to you but in my kind of uh, malignancy the basically uh, autologous transplant was uh, means the one wherein my own cells were given was tried first so uh, this was in august 2003 uh, 2002 wherein i had a, a autologous transplant Mm-hmm. and uh, after that within 4 months i was sent to cmc velour i'm staying in delhi and okay. most of my treatment was done in the army hospital delhi okay, okay. so after that i was sent to uh, cmc velour and uh, another transplant was done there okay so this was a uh, allogenic mini allogenic transplant that means a, a slightly milder version of a full allo transplant these are all medical terms i'm sure it might be very difficult to understand but i'm just trying to make it simple so that uh, uh, the others also who listen to this will be able to follow so a mini transplant is something something like you know where the full dose of uh, uh, the dose of the uh, chemo that is given to you the drug that is given to you is not mm-hmm. as much as what would be in a full allo transplant It's comparatively less. It's a little. It is called. It, it, you know. Uh, it is. It is something. See, whenever you are give, uh, whenever a transplant is done, the cells which are uh, the chemo that is given, it tends to destroy your own bone marrow, and then whatever donor cells are given, that is supposed mm-hmm. to pick up and start pick up and uh, help your uh, dead bone marrow to reactivate and start reproducing the uh, bone marrow cells. so this uh, uh, this uh, uh, in this it is called as a, a mini transplant is something which is called as a non myeloablative that means it to- totally doesn't kill the bone marrow okay. it is a little milder because otherwise the side effects of the transplants are so bad mm-hmm. you know sometimes one doesn't come out of the side effects only because after a allo transplant one gets something called as a graft versus host disease mm-hmm. that means okay. uh, uh, that uh, you know like uh, Uh, the can- the donor cells they are going to kill the cancer cells but along with the cancer cells they also kill the normal you know the acting uh, the, the normal multiplying cells in the body like the uh, so uh, they can attack any other organ also okay. in the body okay and can cause a reaction to that mm-hmm. so because uh, it might treat other cells in the body as also foreign and it will start killing those cells something like that in simple layman terms So I went through a, a allo transplant in Jan 2003, and my brother was the donor. Okay. And uh, th- thereafter, I developed a GBHT uh, in the again after that also I relapsed actually after the uh, allo transplant also I had a relapse in August 2003. So then uh, again my brother's cells were given to me, and uh, I developed something called as a graft versus host disease. Uh, that uh, in which uh, i got a condition called as scleroderma scleroderma is again a very uh, debilitating kind of condition i would say because you know in scleroderma if you read about it it's an autoimmune condition wherein uh, all the uh, fibrous tissues and of your body they tend to become you know all the skin and skin becomes very tight Okay. it is so tight that if i mean if anybody would have held my hand at that time they used to feel they're holding a log of wood used to be so okay. uh, so tight oh, okay. so uh, those were that was the problem and i still had a broken leg you know at that time 
So for me yeah. at that time, my children were very young. So there was no way I could even think that uh, I'm going to you know give up on this journey. Mm -hmm. I always felt I must come out uh, of this journey and I wanted to see them grow up. So I kept giving myself small goals. I never, I never thought very far away, but generally I kept giving myself small goals. Okay, uh, and uh, I would dream about them. Uh, so suppose I felt that, okay, five years down the line, my children would be so great. So, okay, I'm going to be there for them. And one such day, you know, I suddenly, a thought came to me that uh, uh, I was meditating and I, I, I saw myself standing at my children's wedding. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I, I was a little amused myself at that time because they were so young. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just uh, uh, thought about it the other way. I said, see, look, now they are only about seven and eight year old and uh, uh, marriage is another 15, 20 years down the line. So I have given myself 20 years more. So nothing is yeah. going to happen to me for another 20 years at least. So that was the kind of uh, uh, way I would deal with my problems. I'm telling you, it was a very uh, uh, painful journey also at times, very painful. And because there was no break from hospitals for a good nine years for me almost, from 2001 onwards. So, and there were a lot of uh, small things which used to happen during the transplant also, mm -hmm. because my blood group was changing. Oh. My original blood group was O positive. But mm -hmm. my brother was B positive. So my blood group was changing from O positive to B. So the, that oh, transition of six months was such that, you know, I developed something called as a, a pure red cell aplasia. It's a condition wherein uh, your hemoglobin keeps dropping very fast. Yeah. Okay. So every 15 days I had to go to hospital and uh, get uh, two bottles of blood in, inside me. So I used to joke with my children and I used to tell them it's time to fill petrol in this vehicle. Let's go. So, <laughs> which blood group was, uh, you know, was given to you then like O positive or B positive? No, uh, see when um, uh, O positive can be given to anybody. Uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. a universal mm -hmm. donor, so that blood can be given to anybody. But yes, I had turned B positive by then. So I just don't remember right now as to what was given to me. I was a patient <laughs> at that time, so really I don't remember. <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. So that was uh, uh, till, uh, you know, uh, in 2005, another wonderful thing that happened with me is that uh, I, uh, I, I was always spiritual, but, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, when you get sick and you get, uh, you know, uh, you're, you are faced with a disease like cancer, which, uh, right. uh, you know, is life-threatening at times and with a, a condition that is life-threatening, multiple myeloma mm -hmm. has no known treatment. I mean, no, it's not known to have a cure as yet but uh, yes there are a lot of treatment options mm -hmm. so uh, at that time um, I, I started you know my faith in God was uh, much more at that time you know I started going moving towards spirituality but okay. yes I was still I was not sure what uh, which path I wanted to follow I used to read a lot of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's books and I used to get very much influenced by his teachings and especially one of his, uh, uh, you know, quote, which I always remember and I always mention it to even some patients whom I meet is that um, he used to say that, you know, uh, everything in this world has a will, like a willpower. So mm -hmm. same is with your disease. You know, your disease also has its own willpower. But you have to decide whether your willpower is going to be stronger than the willpower of your disease. 
and that is going to be the turning point and that really uh, hit uh, uh, hit 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 me like anything you know and i always uh, said to myself that uh, uh, many a times when my disease would uh, you know uh, relapse and i would be feeling very sick i used to keep telling myself i would talk to my cancer and i would tell the cells in my body that you know it's fine that uh, you are inside me but always remember that i'm the stronger one so one day you will have to leave this body and go you are not going to win this battle so these are the kind of uh, things which uh, uh, i would uh, you know say to myself to keep myself motivated mm-hmm. then in 2006 uh, uh, december i had another relapse uh, a tumor came into my other leg of the bone also mm-hmm. so the doctors decided to give me radiation uh, and because a new drug new chemo drug had come into the market so they said they will try that so uh, i had uh, my one month of radiation cycles what had been given and my mm-hmm. chemotherapy was started first cycle went off well and the second cycle um, i became very seriously ill i had very bad pneumonia and that pneumonia was not the normal kind of pneumonia it was induced by the drug itself probably. so uh, there were many cases of uh, such uh, uh, kind of pneumonia uh, uh, you know treated because so but i'm again once again very grateful to my doctors they we must have searched every article on the net my husband also they searched everything and i remember my doctor from velo telling me that rightly the outcome in the other cases hasn't been very good but we'll make sure it's not the same with you you'll have a good outcome yes. and i had trust in my doctors you know uh, both yeah. in the army hospital and uh, in bellum mm-hmm. i uh, they were really so caring and they really took very good care they did not leave any stone unturned you know i would say uh, to uh, to uh, see that you know i can uh, come as a winner in this journey so i did come out of this uh, phase also Mm-hmm. and uh, i have uh, you know i started uh, in 2005 i started following brahma kumaris also okay. their way of meditation and uh, i had some wonderful experiences during my meditation at that time mm-hmm. so in fact i uh, one thing which is very dear to me is that you know when i was going to get when i got admitted for this pneumonia in the army hospital yeah. uh, the person who had taught me the meditation he was also mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the air force Uh, he okay. was uh, so he had also uh, we just met him you know by chance on that day when i was getting admitted and i asked him what are you doing here so he said no i've just come for a simple blood test because he had suffered from hepatitis c himself okay okay, okay. so uh, you know in the um, forge you have to have fitness every few uh, once a year or something when you have some chronic problem so he had come for that fitness test so he said okay. ma'am by evening i will be gone and mm-hmm. go back home so he said okay, okay and we rushed because uh, uh, i wasn't get too well also so we but i was taken i was admitted in all i was admitted for almost 28 days in the hospital and okay. you won't believe that gentleman used to come every day and pray with me he kept he kept a photograph of the uh, photograph of god in below my pillow and every day he would come twice and meditate in my room mm-hmm. and uh, uh, after 28 days i was discharged and mm-hmm. the very because, then i asked him one day during those 28 days why haven't you gone home means you had only one day of test on 
He said, ma'am, the kit is not available. So they will not discharge me till my test is done. The kit for okay. the test was not available with the hospital. Okay. And after 28 days when I was discharged, mm -hmm. the very next day the kit became available and he had his test and he was discharged. So, you know, this uh, literally, uh, you know, reaffirmed my faith in God and I really felt that, yes, when God a, uh, sent him, like the, the, the number of days you were there, he was also there praying for you, absolutely. meditating for you. So uh, that was a, a, a one, uh, I would always say a very good uh, uh, example of divine intervention, you know, where God yes. is uh, standing by you if you have to have your faith, complete faith in him. And uh, that was a wonderful thing for me, you know, uh, turning point, I would say. And you won't believe it. After that, I just went into remission. My cancer never came back. Never came back till date. After that date. Wow. This was 2007, uh, uh, April or May. Yeah, April. So, um, sorry to interrupt, but what happened to the plate that broke in your left lap? Uh, broke I it inside? Hear you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah yes. So the uh, after that in April uh, this happened and uh, I developed very severe peripheral neuropathy. Peripheral neuropathy is a, a kind of a con it's a condition wherein you know uh, one can feel uh, extreme those pains in your limbs you know extra your fingers and your mm -hmm. uh, uh, legs and they are basically because your the nerves of the peripheral nerves they get affected because of. Uh, uh, the drugs what were given to me during chemotherapy so it was pretty bad i used to feel literally like when i used to walk i used to walk with the help of a walker and i used to feel that somebody has tied you know those lohe ke janjeere bandhe hain na pairon mein wo bandhe mere dono pairon mein because i used to find it so difficult uh Sorry, sorry, but your voice is you're muted, I guess. Yes. No, no, it's not muted. Uh, I think it's okay. Are you can you internet connection? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So thereafter, uh, this was in April, but mm -hmm. uh, now the leg was still uh, still had the broken bone. In June, mm -hmm. June of the same year, two months after this pneumonia episode, mm -hmm. there was pus started oozing from the leg, the same leg where the bone was uh, there. Broke uh, the plate was plate was broken. So mm -hmm. I went back to my doctors. They referred me to a surgeon, the, the orthopedic surgeon and a general surgeon. So they all had a, a meeting amongst themselves, and they said that the best way out would be to amputate the leg because there was no other way they could uh, think of anything at that time. So they told me best is to have a above knee amputation. So it took some time, but yeah, I went and met a few amputees in a place and uh, sort of uh, tried to reconcile myself that at least my quality of life could be better because I was not able to walk at all with this condition. <laughs> so, but then just before the surgery, about a week before the surgery, I just a thought came to me that I should get a second opinion from somewhere else. So. I requested my doctor in the army hospital and he told me that, see, final decision should be yours because this is your leg, your life. Whatever you have, whatever opinions you would like, you must take. So I went to Tata Memorial Hospital, Mumbai. Okay. And I met an orthopedic oncologist out there and he was very optimistic that he would be able to save my life. 
so yeah. he gave me lot of antibiotics and in the beginning almost for one or two months i was on antibiotics just okay. to try to get the infection under control mm-hmm. and in december of the same year that is 2007 december they operated on my leg in tata memorial and they removed the plate and they uh, uh, cleaned the whole wound inside you know okay whatever so after mm-hmm. that uh, i was in uh, the leg was put in plaster and i was on iv antibiotics for at least one and a half months continuous iv antibiotics i had no veins in my hands all my veins were absolutely like uh, was difficult to find a vein because of the so much of chemo and all but that period also we went through mm-hmm. then february february i had to come to get a review of that leg february 2008 i went again to uh, tata memorial and when they opened the wound they found that again there was a lot of pus inside so again he cleaned the wound okay and uh, again i was put on antibiotics after that in march again they opened again it was still not uh, uh, okay so he put a fixator from outside it's, uh, it's a called an ortho fixator so that was put on the leg it was a very painful procedure but uh, um, if we had hopes that you know with this uh, maybe the infection would get in the country but by june when i went back to them he finally gave up and he told me ma'am i can't help you. I, if you need an amputation now i am ready to do it for you so um, then just then just before I, then he said okay there's one last option what we can do is something called as an external fixator is put uh, there is a specialist doctor in mumbai who does it uh, if you would like to go to him i will refer you to him i i you know being a medical person i knew about it because when in my student days i i used to see a lot of people walking around with those if you have seen in a, a hospital general hospital in an orthopedic department you know people walking around with metal frames around their legs okay 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 yes yes okay yes. external externally mm-hmm. there's a metal frame and there are yes, needles yes. moving inside the leg yes so yes. i was very scared of that you know i said no i will not want to have that but then i think i really <laughs> attracted that towards myself because finally that was the thing which worked for me because uh, i went to yeah. and met another doctor in uh, uh, mumbai who was a specialist in this Mm-hmm. and he uh, he conducted uh, the major uh, the surgery in 2008 june and then with a lot of other uh, repair work i mean you know he keep kept uh, doing little bit of adjustments and bone grafting and all throughout for the next one and a half year mm-hmm. so initially he told mm-hmm. me it's only for four months because i'm sure if you would have told me one and a half year i would have yeah. gone for it <laughs> so he told me yeah. no, months every time i went to him he kept saying three months three months but yeah by the end of one and a half year the bone did join finally the okay. fracture healed but my leg was short by almost 6 cm so now i have a my left okay. leg is short by 6 cm 5 and 1/2 cm to be exact so okay. i have to wear a corrective shoe my left shoe is a little higher than the right shoe so by now my scleroderma was also under control i have was taking mm-hmm. medicines for the same uh, mm-hmm. it was under control not that it was totally gone i used to do a lot of yoga in the sense pranayam because my lungs also at one stage were getting affected mm-hmm. so uh, i uh, the doctors had told me that if i don't take care of that it's going to trouble me later on so i used to do a lot of pranayam maybe half an hour morning half an hour evening of uh, uh, some uh, 
breathing exercises and that really helped that really helped so all after that i continued with my breathing exercises the illusoro the fixator which was put on my leg that metal frame came uh, was removed in october 2000 uh, november 2009 okay after okay. one and a half years so thereafter i have been walking with a stick i walk with a stick basically more so because uh, uh, you know uh, uh, outside when i'm walking uh, on the left shoe is a little higher so i tend to lose my balance Okay. And I tend to fall, fall a lot. So just oh. to avoid the falls, um, I use a stick for comfort. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So um, yeah, some ups and downs have been there after that, but at least the cancer didn't come back. But the medicines and the uh, what all you have, you know, the treatment, what you have taken, all that does affect you in some ways. Mm -hmm. But that's still a very small price to pay, you know, to be alive and be with your family and uh, you know. So I, I at this moment uh, I think I'm 20 years down the line. I have absolutely no complaints uh, with anybody in life. I mean I I'm so grateful for everything uh, that has come my way. So yeah, nine years of complete struggle has still has a lot of positivity. I'm so happy to see that. Like how did your family manage it? Like how did you or how did they you know handle this situation see um, children were young and uh, luckily very I, young I, five or yeah. seven years yeah so yeah. they were very young see they did not know anything apart they did not know anything about the cancer as such but they knew that i had a broken leg so they used to if anybody used to ask them they said hamar mummy ka pair toot gaya so they, that was the way of okay. them Uh, them uh, this thing dealing with it and you know we never in fact made them feel i was uh, like i told you i'm very grateful to my in-laws and my parents because whenever i had to be in hospital uh, my parents would be there with me and uh, my in-laws would be taking care of my children and they never you know my children never felt that the parents are not with them because they received so much of love and care from the Uh, other family members yeah yeah other family members so that is something which i'm really grateful for because you know without that support i don't think so we could have seen this day to day but in you know uh, i don't know where i would have left the children and gone uh, mm -hmm. you know if i had to go to where i have spent almost uh, uh, six months in uh, 2002 and uh, almost uh, four months in 2000 for six months in Six to eight months in two thousand three in Bellow. Okay, yeah. So that would have not been possible without the support and of my family. You know, if I didn't have my extended family with me, who were there standing by me and you know looking after these things, it would have been very difficult. So, uh, so was was your husband still there and you know in his duty? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. But uh, yeah, see, being in the Air Force. Uh, Uh, again, the Air Force. Everybody was of a big help, you know, uh, to us. Uh, see, uh, Forge is like an extended family too. Um, all your friends and uh, all your friends are your family also, because uh, we live. Uh, most of the stations are away from your own city where you uh, where you stay. So generally, most of you know spend time in so many stations together. So they like they are like your second family. And everybody, right from the uh, people who were uh, at the higher ups in the uh, for my husband and all, 
they were all very cooperative so we had you know i'm really that's what i'm saying you know we have to count all these blessings because without all this support it is not possible that you know one can uh, get through uh, such a harrowing time of 9 years exactly you know, to keep your morale high for 9 years continuously is not easy so for that you need to uh, need to be uh, have a good support system around you very very very, very good support system and and like how did you manage your profession you also being a doctor like how did you manage it i to be honest manisha uh, from 2001 you know still 2012 i was not really working because i was in no position to yeah, work to i work, did not yeah. even know whether i would come out of this situation at that time i mean that was always the question big question mark i was not mobile and immunity was very low so there was no question of me working but yes i would talk to a lot of patients uh, whom uh, i would get references from you know somebody okay. would say some somebody would pass on my number to some friend who was suffering mm-hmm. i would talk to them and sort of uh, you know cheer them up so i started doing a little bit of counseling that way and then 2011 onwards uh, uh, many a times i would go to the hospital on my own army hospital and i would ask my doctors if they needed help you know for you know to talk to patients on anything i just wanted at that time it was more so that i wanted to give back to uh, i wanted to help them in whatever way they had done so much for me so in whatever way i could help some other patient i would be uh, it would be uh, I would be I would feel very good about it. So I started doing that. Mm-hmm. Then in 2014 or 15 I uh, there was an NGO that was started by a young man uh, called Rahul Yadav. Okay. Uh, he is a uh, he was also a multiple myeloma patient. Okay. And uh, I met him again to the army hospital only. Mm-hmm. And he started this NGO called Yodhas that is uh, Indians fighting against cancer. It was an online support system. Okay. Okay. So I joined them, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm still with them. Unfortunately, we lost Rahul in 2017. Yeah. So we lost him uh, to cancer, to multiple myeloma. Only. But his wife uh, and uh, his father continued this uh, Yodha's uh, legacy, which he had started. And we lost his father also about two years back. so now his wife is there and then we have few eminent doctors who are on the group uh retired uh, there's one retired hematologist uh, from the army from the mm. air force who's also with us so uh, we have lot many patients we have three or four whatsapp groups mm-hmm. uh, patient support groups and we have a facebook page so where where we support lot many patients so with uh, different kinds of cancer blood cancers organ cancers if they have mm-hmm. any questions and queries somebody is having there are no doctors like especially now when you know people are not able to meet doctors in the covid times so uh, they'll contact us and uh, they'll want us to see their reports or whatever so we get back to them when somebody is having a bad day somebody needs to be counseled somebody wants to go for a transplant wants to know about mm-hmm. the effects of that so we are there for them so we counsel them we tell them what are the try to help them okay. out then okay. uh, we have these uh, uh, we also have certain camp uh, you know uh, uh, cancer awareness campaigns that we run okay. last two years uh, nothing much has been done on that because of the covid 
know, mm-hmm. we haven't had these camps. Otherwise, a lot of NCC camps uh, uh, we used to do at least two NCC camps. Uh, we used to uh, have a program during okay. uh, on cancer awareness. So this is what I do right now. And once in a while, uh, the, uh, I see some OPD patients also. Uh, okay. Yeah, so like, uh, uh, what do people need to expect when they, you know, get this cancer type? See, my thing is, first thing, you know, we need to accept. See, unfortunately, in our country, cancer is still a stigma, you know, because people, uh, and the people tend to hide it, especially uh, not only the low socioeconomic groups, but you'll be amazed that even some educated people are Uh, generally, when we talk to certain patients also and their caregivers also, we tell them that you know you need to gently break the news of the cancer to the patient also. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. see, he will come to know once the chemo starts and everything, they will lose their hair and all those. So they will come to know that something is happening. Mm-hmm. So it can be done gently, you know, in the beginning, slowly, slowly prepare the patient. How, how to prepare, we tell them those things also. And uh, prepare the patient as to how... Um, uh, how you can break the news to them and then tell them that you know then when especially when i talk to them when they see me like you know somebody who has gone through it and has and is still surviving so i tell them that look even i was not given a long time to live when i was diagnosed i was told that i do not have much time but today i am there so nothing is you know nothing is in black and white that you have only so much time it is Finally, what you want for yourself? What is your willpower? If you think that you want to survive, anything can, you know, they say there's a, uh, there's a very famous saying by Paul in, uh, if you've read that book, uh, Paul Polo's Alchemist, that book, if you have read. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So in that he says that, you know, if you desire something with all your heart, the whole universe conspires for you to get it. Yeah. So that is something we all must remember, you know, that uh, it is what you want, what is you, what you are wishing. So that is why when uh, people speak the words also, you know, they speak certain words very, uh, uh, I mean, unconsciously they speak it, they don't, uh, that, you know, abhi to mera khatam ho gaya, abhi to yehi ho gaya. I mean, literally you're sealing your future, your uh, everything on your own before giving it a try. So uh, we don't have to do that. Yes, there are bad cases and everybody doesn't, is not lucky to uh, get the treatment options because cancer treatment can be very expensive. So people have financial constraints and all. Mm-hmm. But I, what I always tell them is that, you know, so every patient, especially if he's a breadwinner in the family, he must mm-hmm. tell his family about what all are his financial liabilities and what are his assets. So that the mm-hmm. family is prepared because there have been so many cases we have come across uh, that, you know, the family doesn't know anything. And uh, when the person, uh, you know, uh, has lost his battle, then that is another battle for the family to mm-hmm. face, you know, which is, uh, which can be quite grueling at times and it can be very painful for the family. Mm-hmm. So uh, that these are certain truths, you know, which we need to face. So, uh, uh, when we are talking to a patient, it is very important to let them know that, uh, you know, first of all, accept what you have. That, yes, there is a problem, 
and yes there is a solution secondly and everything is on me also how i take care of my health from now on and see physical health the doctors are going to take care what you need take to take care is of your mental mental health how strong you are going to be yes you have to know that this is not going to be an easy journey it's going to be a painful journey you are going to have episodes of pain you are going to have not so good days but everything is not always you know i always tell people that you know you should think of it as a curve which you know is always going because whatever comes down has to go up sometime so there will be good days and there will be bad days and otherwise also even if you have that limited time why not make the best use of that time with your family and you know when you know that if you're going to spend all your time just thinking why this has happened to me why this has happened you're losing on very important time which you could spend with your family make them aware of what all things are there you know what all they need to know about know about everything mm-hmm. so these are very important things you know which uh, i i feel through this if i can make people understand it would be uh, very uh, nice because this is these are common problems which we see when we are counseling patients when i meet a lot of people so these are common problems which patients come across accept mm-hmm. it what you have yes you have a problem and then there is a solution and face right. it face it strongly you know have to have a good diet so it's like preparing for a battle you know how you prepare for battle you have all your guards you accumulate all your information first and then you know, the you, yes yeah you accumulate all your uh, information about the enemy and then you uh, collect all your weaponry also and then you make yourself strong to face that to fight that battle so that is exactly what we have to do and then uh, yes i also advise people that they should uh, uh, do yoga pranayam and meditation because that goes a long way in helping the person mentally also and physically yes why because everything is in the mind if your it's if if your mind believes that you can heal yourself there is nothing to stop it nothing in the world will stop it. you can do it you know because you have to believe that you can heal mm-hmm. and when you do pranayam the amount of oxygen you take inside your body is five times more than the normal oxygen that we take so that much of oxygen for the cells which is another, again going to be very good thing for the cells mm-hmm. so uh, it's a life giving thing but these are small things which we can do uh, apart from the what the doctors are doing see follow the medical path and do these small things along with alongside it you know that will keep you physically and mentally strong to face the effects of the treat- treatment and the disease so uh, like along with this were you like so much the lifestyle which you opted after or during your treatment like was it same or was it different from before like the yoga and everything i have always been a exercise oriented person like i used to always walk i used to go for a swim i used to do little bit of cycling and all before i felt sick but yes all that had to change because my main thing was walking and i was not able to walk mm-hmm. so for almost 8 9 years of my life those 10 years i really didn't walk at all apart from walking on a walker mm-hmm. i did not walk and i remember still that when i first took my steps without the walker i i had forgotten how to walk normally and my husband used to literally hold my hand and teach me you know how you teach a child to walk put your leg ahead and this i was i used to walk like that so it took me time to start mm-hmm. walking uh, in a proper way 
it was like again finding my steps once again so it was a bit difficult at that yeah. time yeah but otherwise uh, yeah i have always been health conscious uh, in that sense but after this uh, uh, after my uh, this uh, facing the my cancer i uh, yoga became a big part of my life especially mm-hmm. pranayam and uh, i could not do the asanas Uh, during mm-hmm. that time, because of my scleroderma, also. Mm-hmm. But last four to five years, I have been very regular with my yoga asanas also. Okay. Whatever I can do, little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't do any. I couldn't think that I would ever be able to do any Surya Namaskar or anything. But today, I can comfortably do a good number of Surya Namaskars, and uh, that is what keeps my scleroderma also under control. Because uh, uh, if uh, you know, if you say that you know, yoga makes you flexible. for me it is a everyday journey even now because uh, everyday morning again my body is as stiff as it is the you know as it would be and oh. after yoga it is slowly open up so the stiffness oh. is still there not as much as what it was mm-hmm. in the beginning but still it is so still. are you still on some medications for this thing no i am not on any medication i have stopped uh, all medication means mm. by my advice of my doctors only they have not okay, given okay. me any medication after So uh, I used to you... take a mm-hmm. little bit of Ayurvedic uh, medicines uh, mm-hmm. uh, for a few years too, and simple things like ashwagandha for my bones and uh, a curcumin I used to take for doing the immunity. That I was doing. Okay, this this was what I was uh, going to ask. So, did you take any alternative medicines along with the uh, the uh, allopathy which doctors were giving? My main alternative medicine was my connection with the supreme. that is my main uh, alternative medicine which i tell uh, people that see uh, if you think of ayurveda homeopathy i have taken both i have taken homeopathy also at some stage in my treatment mm-hmm. but one has to understand that the main line of treatment has to be allopathy yeah and mm-hmm. whatever ayurveda or homeopathy you are going to take it is just an adjunctive because see if homeopathy and ayurveda are not going to cure your cancer it is just that certain side effects of the medicines or uh, you know improving your immunity all that way it can help definitely it can help mm-hmm. but to think that you know it is going to cure you of your cancer i think is a little too far fetched right now so like in this particular type of cancer what is the importance of self examination like how can one self examine that he or she is for this. my kind of if you are asking for my kind of thing like multiple myeloma it is yes. not possible you know it is something in the blood so it uh, it also hits your bones so you mm-hmm. can have uh, uh, some kind of bony lesions or you know bone pains and all that many people see basically multiple myeloma is a, is a cancer which generally affects people over the age of 50 but nowadays people much younger cases are being seen you know with suffering from multiple myeloma and uh, uh, so it is it is just basically some kind of bony pain or something people might come to or they might come with anemia you know that uh, okay. their hemoglobin yeah. has come down mm-hmm. they are feeling tired and then when you investigate you might find out that they have multiple myeloma so it's like that okay. it's so not like, like a, uh, you know in breast cancers and all uh, or if you have an oral cancer you have an oral some kind of a a patch on your uh, in your mouth or something mm-hmm. that you can uh, one can go and see a doctor 
or in uh, breast cancer like you know you have a lump so you go to the doctor, doctor so yeah. it's not mm -hmm. something like that it's yeah if you have some bone pain generally people suffer from backache you know many people have lesion in their back in multiple myeloma so they will go for a backache and many people can be found you know sometimes people get viral disease viral fevers and all and then uh, over a period of their investigations they can be found to have anemia they can be found to have certain changes in their blood tests which can mm -hmm. show that they have uh, multiple myeloma no self-examining test as such. Okay. So, like, is there any one parting message you would like to give to people out there who are going through the same thing? Um, I, I, as I already told you before, you know, that uh, my main parting message for everybody would be that, you know, the willpower of your, your own willpower has to be stronger than the willpower of the disease. Because uh, it's not only it's not only the disease as such, but if you see the whole uh, whole thing, you know, it is not cancer. If it affects, it doesn't only affect you. You see, it affects mm -hmm. the whole family. And I'm telling you, more than you yourself, it is the family which suffers because you're suffering from the physical ailments and all. But the family is also suffering equally bad. So we have to uh, think of this as a collective battle. I feel. We all face it together and whatever be the outcome, whatever time mm. you have, you make the most of it. Make the most of what time you have. And uh, I'm sure everybody has heard umpteen number of times people telling them that you have to be positive and you know you have to face things positively. Mm. But it's easier said than done uh, when one is suffering so much and one is in pain because if somebody, you know, if every any lay person you ask, if you have flu or you have a viral, you're down with fever and a headache, and you are lying in bed for two days, you feel the whole, your whole world has come down, you know. So here it is not a question of two days and three days. It's going to be something which is going to be there with you for some time to come. So to be ready for a battle for like that, one has to be mentally strong and prepared for it, you know. So be, I mean, accept it, be prepared for it, and also understand that this life that you have is a gift. So whatever present time you have, don't let it go just, even if you're not well, I mean, you can do so many things with your children, with your family, you can watch yeah. a movie and don't stop living. You know, that is very important. Don't think that just because today we have a cancer patient in family, so we have to stop doing all the normal things that we used to do. Mm -hmm. Play music in the house, have fun in the house with, you know, with the patient also, like let the patient also experience those happy moments. Because that's why, you know, uh, you will feel a person comes back from the hospital, they'll always say, Why? Because the atmosphere at home is such. So make the atmosphere like that. I have seen many patients whose families, whenever I used to, see, if I used to go and visit them, I used to find that the whole family would be like, I said that he's not gone yet. So don't start, the, I mean, you know, make, make the most of the time that you have right now. Enjoy this time. Play some nice music, whatever the person likes. Watch a nice funny movie. Play some board game or just chat with friends. And, you know, there are a lot of, not many things one can do. But uh, mm. one needs to do that. You should not stop living, which is very important. It is a part, just take it as a part of your journey. Yes, in the, in the journey of my life, this station has come wherein I had this breakdown. Yeah. My body mm -hmm. has had this breakdown. And now this needs to be tended to. 
but doesn't matter even though it is tend i have to tend to it there are so many other distractions in front of me let me sort of uh, you know uh, make myself strong or keep myself happy by looking at those and not only focus on the uh, disease and feel sad all the time and yes spirituality also helps you in your journey because all this strength where does it come from it comes from your connection to this by your faith for me at least it was that that uh, i always felt god's uh, god by my side in my toughest moments especially i always felt that he was at my side and uh, i had some very nice experiences wherein i would uh, i would feel that you know i my uh, uh, like my life is leaving this body and i'm as it is fighting with god that no i'm not ready to come still well so then uh, that is when i kept remember this uh, uh, remembering and reminding myself of this uh, uh, thing that you know as if somebody is telling me that if you want to live then be stronger than the disease so that is my main uh, message to the people who are watching this that you know keep the will power of your own will power stronger than the will power of the disease live your life as much as you can with happiness during your journey don't wait for tomorrow that after everything gets better i will live my life live right now and make it beautiful when it comes when the tomorrow comes also your your journey is totally inspiring i mean people cry over small things we do cry over small things like if we we do not get something if we if we have planned something for ourselves and we do not come across those plannings we cry over that but listening to you listening to many people around like you have actually created a new mindset that okay there there has to be something if anything is happening if it's happening for good just accept it and just live your life yes. and i have uh, seen that and your journey is really very inspiring i'm sure i'm sure you're going to inspire everyone out there and hope so that is my definitely my that is my wish if i can inspire somebody and if uh, somebody can become a little stronger by just listening to what i have said they will definitely and pull to that person and to god that okay i could affect at least help some person because i uh, whenever i talk to people i tell my mom the same story so she has been a cancer patient at uh, at once in 2016 so i tell her all the stories and she she feels so good she feels so happy listening to everyone through through me so i just feel connected with everything okay, okay i have seen this i know what someone has might have felt and they have come out of it and it is totally inspiring for everyone absolutely yeah. actually it is not that you know it's not that we are like i am something special that i have been able to get over this journey no that power is there within each of one of us you know but yeah. it's just that you know we have never tapped that power we have never even looked at ourselves that way because unless you feel you know faced in life with a situation like that uh, then only all that you can you get enough courage to muster all that uh, uh, mm-hmm. all that is strength that is there within you to fight it right it's like uh, you know when you're faced with a something like a tiger or some uh, a wild animal you know they say you know that you will not realize how much power you have to run 
otherwise yeah. a normal person will not be able to run will run, run that, that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that where does that power come from it is there within you it's just mm. that that is just waiting to be tapped so it's with all of us all of us have that power within us we just, we just have to, to yeah recognize and make yeah. us remember that okay we have this power and it's time to use it and we should use it yeah thank you so much gayatri thank you so much for connecting to us thank you nisha wonderful talking to you and uh, uh, i hope all the patients out there listening to me will keep fighting their cancer and they themselves will keep inspiring people around definitely every journey is an inspiration itself thank you thank you so much bye